brownies are 180 for two brownies, so they're 90 apiece. And you got these are 125s. Because my kid loves edibles. We're live. We're live. This We're is live. too much. You want one of these, Tarzan? This will put a <laughs> no, fucking no, no, no. the bag? Give what what is, explain what's going on in there, Joey. This is this is this is Force <laughs> One, right? These are star. These are the, these are the stars of debt. So these purple ones are 200 milligrams. This is what you know. This is. I take one of those. I'll sleep for three days. This is one. This you is 200 milligrams. You just popped it like beat. it's a milk. Sure. <laughs> Who the fuck you think you're dealing with? It's a novice. How many? How many milligrams are in those? 200 in this one. Oh, you just threw a 200 down I, the hatch. I, 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 I want oh. some to go. You got it to go. No way. Take one of these. Dice. Guys. I don't know if you know, but like uh, an effective dose is 20. And what is he popping? Just popped to 200. An effective and dose drive. is 20. Oh, fuck yeah. He'll drive well. well yeah, I can't. Uh, I can't. I can't smoke. I can eat night. three. I can eat. I can open up with three of these. <laughs> I can open up with 600 milligrams. That's so just, insane. And just oh, right out the fucking way. You have no idea fuck, how insane that is. I go to is. bed at night like a baby. I put that mask on. <laughs> I sleep like a fucking baby. Sometimes I get paranoid in my sleep, and I wake up at three in the morning. My heart pounds. I wake my wife up. No, I, I'll tell you Come what to the living room. I'll and tell you check what. On me. I'll tell you why I stay away from the edible. Because, like, I like to smoke at night, right? Right. All right. So I get high one night, and when I was at this one place, they they gave me some edibles. They gave me a bag of popcorn. Oh. Okay. So I'm, I'm I'm all stoned out, and I just want something to eat. So I open up the popcorn. Okay. Now, the next day, Valerie is, she can't figure out why I'm not waking up. I slept for 19 hours. And she found the wrapper under the bed. She was starting to panic. Like, what happened to, you know, I, I slept till, till midnight the next day. She like goes, you wake this whole bag? I said, I didn't know. I was stoned out. I just wanted something to eat. It was popcorn. I didn't think they really, like, how did they even get it in the popcorn? They make it with the butter. They use cannabis I, butter, I and they, they pop it in the butter, and then they might even sprinkle some butter on top of it, some cannabis butter they on top of it. They fuck you up. They got Fruit oh. Loops now. Fruit so Loops. Guy, they had a benefit, a pot benefit at the store, and they were handing out those bags, bags of that popcorn. It was fucking death. Death. You oh. open it up, it smells like pure weed. I was so weed. scared. Pure fucking weed. I felt so, <laughs> I felt so vulnerable. Ooh. I just love how open it is now. Oh, it's crazy. That we could talk about it. You're popping them like Tic Tacs. But Dice, not everywhere else. If you tried to do this in Texas, they'll fucking they'll they'll have cops waiting jail. for you outside. Yeah, but I have no reason to be in Texas. You don't do shows in Texas? I don't believe in it. <laughs> <laughs> no, I, I've gone to Texas. But like, I, I, you know, in Vegas, it's great. Now they're yeah. opening up places. Yeah. yeah, they got five stores, right? You they know, should. I haven't gone stupid. to any of them. I normally br bring my own stuff. You know, or, you know, if I go to New York, I'll bring my own stuff. It's one of the easiest businesses. And at the, at the end of the day, businessmen want to be businessmen. They want to make some money. And they, they look at this thing and they go, hey, do you know how much fucking money they're making in Colorado? They made more money in taxes in Colorado from weed than they did alcohol. That's never happened anywhere. That's I, fucking I, I'll insane. i definitely take weed over alcohol any day oh, of the week. Oh, 100%. Because, you, you know what I always say, like, with weed? Like, as stoned as you are, let's say, God forbid, there's some kind of emergency. You know what I mean? Right. You just throw water in your face. It's gone. It's not like alcohol. Right, right. You know, where, where you don't know what you're doing. Right, right, right. You know what I mean? You could perform on the weed. You yeah. could bang on the weed. 
you could bang more on the weed. Feels better. Listen, you eat you one could of these keep stars. Banging on the weed. You eat, yes. one of these, you eat one of these stars. Ain't no water gonna help you. The fucking, <laughs> the fucking <laughs> fire department's yeah, gonna come. You're eating like a pint of this stuff. Yeah, he, he's talking so about smoking pot. It's affecting him already. I'm watching. Still, I, I, I go home at night after doing comedy. I'm so fired up. The only thing that calms me down is one of these H bombs <laughs> and a fucking joint of death. Like I'll smoke three pipe loads. Oh my death. god, it's hysterical. Have you ever seen his Periscope show? No, it's the best thing in the I internet. I do it at eight thirty in the morning. I just go out there and start giving advice and start smoking. He gets hot. I, I got in trouble for doing it. But like I, I was doing a Periscope with wheels, you know, and I get a call from Bruce. He's going, "What are you guys doing?" Because we got all stoned out, and now we're in. The bathroom of my hotel room. We turned it like into a steam room, <laughs> and, and you could hardly see us. You see my fogged up fucking glasses, you know. And, and I get a call from him. He's going, "What? What are you guys doing out there?" I go, "No, it's 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 a new show I'm doing, the periscopical thing, you know." And he goes, "They're spending millions of dollars from Showtime to film this, and you're doing it for nothing. Get it off the air." You know, right, Bruce? Didn't you get? I got a, a whole thing happened. That's ridiculous advice. Why would you take that off the air? Because we were first going to film my series, you know, and they go, they're writing episodes about this. You can't just periscope I'm to build it. An image. I'm trying to change his image. He's killing it. <laughs> Who let the manager in here? The, no, Jesus he's the. He's the you got to understand. This guy's got a history you would love. Okay. You know, because number one, he he's he built the whole career again. But, who's, but you can't tell someone to not do Periscope or to not do Twitter or no, not, but, don't have but, fun. But I understood it when a, network, when a network's putting up millions of dollars to first film a show right. about these things I do, you it's don't just put it up it. on the air. You it's think? only going to Fuck yeah, of course. It's yeah, going to get people excited about, about seeing you. Well, the only bad part was like I, I had this, this, this fight with wheels, like where I attack them in the room. And wheels <laughs> is going, you know... I go, he goes, you know, I'm a wrestler, you know. <laughs> and I'm like, yeah, okay, you know, I'm not worried about it. And, I, and I'm having Eleanor do the filming where I come into the room and I, and I jump him on his bed. And he actually got me. He flipped me up like a professional wrestler. He legitimately got me. Do you know how angry that got me? I look like an asshole. Did he tap you out or did he just pin you? No, no, he pinned me. I was done. <laughs> like, he really knows how to do that shit. He's like a genius with certain things. Like, I would understand if you could do it. I get what you can do. But I'm going, it's wheels. There's no way. He's on the bottom already. I got him. <laughs> and he just flipped me. Like a toy. See, now, if you film that and put that on YouTube, that I would put get... It, I put it on the, the, the periscopical thing. Why would you ever take something like that down? Because I got yelled down. at. I always get in a... In a Listen, look, I, I know I've the way of thinking. Problem. I know the way of thinking, but the more of you, the better. It's just going to make people want to see you more. It was funny fucking shit. <laughs> you know, it was funny. It's well, crazy. I remember we were having, when you were doing that... Sorry, I, was, I remember when filming. you were doing that filming at the store. You were doing that fucking years and years and years and years ago. You do little sketches. No, well, I, I want to take <clears> all that stuff now and just cut it up and do like little three-minute things and put it on that funny or die stuff. Yeah. Because everybody was in it. You were in it. Everybody was, everybody in, it. was in it. Everybody played a part. Bobby yeah, you had Lee, these Ari Shafia, the people... foreign comic, Mike uh, Gibrani, we'd call him the foreign comic, <laughs> you know. And it was just these crazy... <sighs> I remember you coming over to me one night, and you go, Dice, can I ask you something? 
<laughs> because I was using the comedy store like a set. You know, like a, I'd be filming. I changed all the lighting in the kitchen. I put the red lights, blue lights for filming. Right. I was doing it for a year in the cut. And waitresses would come in to get like drink orders, and I go, I can't have you in right now. We're filming. You can't be in. You're in my shot. And everybody's asking like managers, like, what show is this? There was no show, but everybody was in it. Steve Renazizi was in it. Mike Black was it. Mike Black. Uh, <laughs> you know how I become friends with Mike fucking Black? So. For whatever reason, I come over to this guy. He's sitting in the booth in the kitchen, and I go, "Hey, Mike, you want you want to be in the show?" And he's going, "What show?" I go, "It's it's it's a reality show." And reality wasn't really happening yet; it just wasn't happening. So people were like, "Well, what is?" I go, uh, "You just do what I tell you to do. Just say what I tell you to say and do what I." I said, "So what?" I, he goes, "Yeah, I want to be in it." You know, I go, "Okay, we're gonna go to the top of the belly, the uh, the belly room, the steps, and I'm gonna throw you down the steps." Okay, and I, I got to get a couple angles, so we'll have to do it two or three times. You know, and he goes, wait a minute. He goes, what do you mean you're going to throw me down the steps? I go, yeah, from the top. So you just go with it, you know, just fall down the steps. And he goes, I, I don't want you to do that to me. I go, why not? What's the big deal? It's what you do. He goes, what do you mean it's what I do? I go, aren't you a stunt man? And he goes, where'd you hear that? I go, the comics told me that that's what you do besides comedy you're a stunt he goes i'm not a stunt man i don't want to be thrown down i want to be in it but I, I can't have you just toss me down a full flight of steps like that i'm gonna get hurt so we had to do it in pieces you know like which fake, i which like a fake fall well no he would go like halfway and then i'd go to the bottom of the steps to get the rest of the fall <laughs> and then i try to like kill him with a chair and Ari Shafir jumps on me to, at the right moment to stop me from killing this guy. It was always just a so funny I could thing do, to watch. Just so I could do a line from uh, Bronx Tale where I'm on top of him now and I go, I did this to you. <laughs> and he goes, but what will that mean? I go, don't worry about it. When it's edited, you'll see the whole series. The image. Yeah, the I go, just do it, what I tell you. Because I'd go over to comics I go, all right, look that way, and in four seconds say, that guy's going to have a fucking problem. And he goes, but there's nobody there. I go, don't worry about that part. There'll be somebody on the other end at another time. And that's how I would piece those. So I want to take these tapes, just have some, some editor do like three minute, because it was, I did it for, for two years. They'd come to my house for a barbecue. It wound up fighting Eleanor gets into a fist fight with Steve Renazizi's wife where he's screaming, knock the shit out of her. She's got her up against the garage because she said, Eleanor, like, you know, is, is like the house is filthy, you know, and Eleanor's screaming at me in the kitchen going, she said that when I'm so fucking nice to her, I'll handle this right now. And Eleanor comes out of the backyard. Now the comic sitting there don't know this is going to, and she goes, hey, bitch. This is to Steve's wife, right? And she chases her, slams her against the, the garage, starts beating the shit out and of Eleanor her. And Eleanor was a pro And wrestler. there's Mike Black and Dave Taylor and Steve Simone and my own kids screaming, kill her! Just fucking kill her! And <clears throat> the end of that episode is Dave Taylor, you know, at night sitting around going, do you understand? Do you know why Eleanor did that? Because girls like Tracy but taking guys like you from Eleanor all her life. 
and everybody's going, and Steve Simone's going, yeah, the way Eleanor was hitting her. Like, you could just feel it, you know, like Raging Bull, like she really wanted to damage her. <sighs> yeah, it's hysterical. That's why I would have barbecues, just to film. <laughs> It, it, it was nonstop, and he comes over to me at the store like, what are you doing exactly? You know, I go, it's a show. You know, it's my show. What show? Where is it? Where can I see it? I don't know. It'll be around. And you still have the footage? All of it. Hundreds of tapes. Hundreds of hours. You know, to, to fucking Paulie Shaw, you know, stops me at the comedy store, you know, because my kids were in the show, and they were like 7 and 11 at the time. It's when I first broke up with their mom. So they'd be at the comedy store with me. You know, and Paulie Shaw comes over, and I'm filming this fight between <laughs> Ari Shafir and Bobby Lee, where, uh, you know, Ari's, like, uh, throwing boxes of, uh, you know, bottles over, over Bobby's head, <laughs> and everybody's cheering to kill Bobby. <laughs> you know, and Paulie comes over, he goes, how many times I got to tell you, get these fucking kids out of the comedy store, and he says it in front of Dylan, who's a kid. So I tell C Steve Simone, I said... Take Dylan outside. Because that's severe to me. You know, so I figured I might have to really damage this kid. Like you, you know? were going to attack him? But I, but yeah, I was going to hurt him. You know, but I, I'm going, all right, then I'll get sued. So I just lay into him. And I throw a glass at the wall, you know, to throw into the garbage. And I leave. The next day, Mitzi calls. She doesn't just ban me from the comedy store. She bans my children I go, you're the youngest kids, Devin. If you've never been banned from the store, it's not a good thing. And you're the youngest to get banned. You're not even eight years old. You know how good this is for you? And they're going, but we're not allowed to go back in. I go, don't worry. It'll all be straightened out. <laughs> you know. Who hasn't been banned from the store? Exactly. It's the greatest. It's Me. like a badge of you honor. You've never been banned? After the shit you got. What, what was the fight you had a couple weeks ago? I would fuck up, but no, I didn't get banned for that. You don't talk about that at all? Because I, I heard about it. Uh, did I, I, you I almost get into it with Wild Willie Parsons way back in the day? No, he said some shit in the main room. My, you know, he was just, it was just crazy. Look how nice there. and calm he is now. Here's That's what problem. I love about Here's it. the problem that now I see when we got there, we were the young guys. And some of the older guys were on the way out. They didn't like that. Right. So every once in a while, there would, something, would, or something would happen, you know? And the same thing. And it was like guys that were there for 10 years yeah, already yeah. and nothing happened yes. yet. There was a, a few of those guys. I'll tell you a great uh, Coco story over here. So we just became friends like the first year I know this guy, you know. And he would tell like me about every restaurant in the United States. I don't know. He knows every restaurant, where it is, what they serve, if it's good, bad. But one night I come outside and he's getting into it with some customer. Okay, and he's sitting on the back stairs, you know, and I'm just watching because I, I wouldn't want to really see anybody get hurt, you know. <laughs> but, you know, he thinks differently. Joey thinks a little differently. But he doesn't just want to hurt the guy. What he does, he gets all heated up, and he grabs one of those tall, like, glasses from the comedy store, and he breaks it. Like, he's still in the middle of Cuba <laughs> with the sharp edge, and I'm going, Joey, what are you doing? I go, put the glass down. Put the glass, and he really wants to like stab the guy in the throat with the glass. He's a customer. He's just a fucking customer, and he starts laughing and he throws the glass. So the fight was over, thank. Because I'm going, he's going to put this guy in the hospital because the guy said something about his act. 
You know, they're stupid customers. I seen you go after cut. It's the funniest shit in the world. I saw him. He's like, hey, I don't even want to say what you were doing. It was nuts. But you were like trying to get to this guy over the crowd outside on the side. That was that guy that came. He threw something at me. <clears throat> He threw something at me. And so came you know up, he came up to the stage. He <laughs> came up to the stage threatening me. And he said he was going to wait for me outside. That guy was an asshole. He, yeah. was heckling, he was heckling somebody before me, too. Somebody who was real mean to somebody before me. I don't remember who it was. It's just the violence involved in comedy now is hysterical. Well, this was 20 years ago or whatever it was. Yeah, but it's been going on that yeah. long. And it's been a nice it's, build it, There's always going to be drunks. There's always going to be drunks and drunk take, assholes. I can't take the drunks. There's some people that are drunk and they're fun. They're great. And there's other people that are just belligerent. They're, they're gone. They're you, gone. You do a they're, not, they're not show themselves in Vegas. anymore. Mm -hmm. You do a 10 o'clock show in Vegas, you're asking for fucking trouble. How about if you do a midnight? The Remember those Riviera shows? The people Ooh. that, oh my God. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's, that's. Yeah, now I just, if, if somebody's really like that, I just throw them out of the room. Yeah. You know, it's whether the way it, to do it. No, but I, I'll say, really, I, I I go, I'm not making believe I don't like you. Yeah. I go, this is my real emotion. I go, I have a hatred for you now. I go, you got to leave this room now. And then they think it's a joke, and there's like two security guards stand behind him. I remember one guy looking going, you're kidding, right? I'm getting thrown out for what? I go, you talked. There is no talking in here. Like it's a classroom. It's just all in effect. And I know how you perform, and I know how you perform, but, but I really get mad when they don't care what's going on with the performer on stage. Chappelle was at We're, the store the other night, and some kid was yelling at him. <clears throat> Interrupting, just yelling shit out at him. Just yelling. Just yelling shit out. What about this? What about that? Just different questions at him. And finally, people just started going, shut the fuck up. Like, one guy yelled it, and then it happened to be me. But some, some other people in the room yelled it. And it just got to this point where people were like, stop this. But it should never get to that point. The, the management should step in, right? The, 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 the bouncers, the door the guys. Bounces, uh, uh, the bouncers, kids starting comedy. Yeah, that's the they thing about the fight. store. The one thing about the store that's always been amazing is how many people who worked there who eventually became comics. Joey, uh, Ari rather, Duncan. But um, because I of love that, Trussell. You know, with the fucking puppet. <laughs> when people go running from the room, does he still do the fucking thing? Oh, yeah, with the, yeah. He still where, does the puppet. Where he's like starting yeah, to don't, pray. Don't tell. Don't, yeah, yeah. Don't give the bit away. No, I'm not giving the bit away. I'm just saying what happens to people. <laughs> there, there's nothing better than sitting in the back of that room when people start getting frightened because of what, what the puppet, what's happening <laughs> through the puppet, and they start running from, from their seats to leave the store. It's the greatest moment. Somewhere. I smash my head against the wall at those moments. Somewhere out there, someone has the original puppet. Somebody stole it, right? He stole oh, the original the puppet. Pu really? Yeah, the original well, puppet. Got to the, the new one's actually better than the old one, though. So, what's his name? Well, who knows Little what hobo. that hobo. <laughs> who knows Momos. what that puppet did to this fucking guy already? <laughs> Whoever stole that puppet's got a problem. <clears throat> you fucked up. Yeah, you, I, you don't take that kind you of up. puppet. Are you fucking kidding me with this here over here now? That little remember, puppet was fucking scary, guys. Do you remember that Twilight Zone episode the where puppet, the guy yep. had the puppet, the puppet was fucking evil? <laughs> and the puppet, the puppet I was trying to give him the steel. It was great. It was creepy. Well, now, who was, who was the actor? It wasn't Burgess Meredith. He did the library with the glasses when the, <laughs> right. at the end his glasses break. Yep, yep. And he can't read. And who was the guy from The Odd Couple? Jack Klugman. Jack Klugman did The Pool Hustler. 
Yes, he did. And Jonathan Winters played the other guy, the dead guy who comes back to life to play him. That's that is a good episode. Fuck, that's a really good episode. But that the dummy one was one of the most disturbing ones, you know, because the dummy would like wait for everybody to leave and go, "Come on, you could rob her." <laughs> the, the purse is just right over there. Just don't take be it. a coward. Like whoa. Would Today they it? would change the language a little. <laughs> There's Duncan. <laughs> there he is. Look how is young this on film? Are we show. filming this today? Yeah. So people know him on, right? Of course. Yeah. We, well, we tweeted formula. it, too. Yeah, I'm dice. Anyway, <laughs> just in case. This they, is they the, know who the, you the, are. the greatest show. You know, you just get in it. I've done this before. You just get in it. Yeah, it's, well, it's like Opie and Anthony used to do their show. There's no fucking around. Yeah, just, just have some fun. Well, I love it. I well, love I want it. people asking questions and shit, interview or interview. Yeah, just have some fun. Oh, no, I, I, I don't think we ever really did a formal interview. I wouldn't know where to start. You know? You're too uh, friendly to me and too influential. I couldn't yeah, do Yeah, we became interview. good friends through yeah, the years. For sure. Yeah, I you watched are, you, you also turn my into Joe Rogan. <laughs> no, serious. Like, from the time you came to the store, like, you were figuring it all out. And you became this... I remember coming over to Joe. He has a hit fucking sitcom on the air. And I'd always see him at the comedy store. And I come over to him one night and I go, how come you're here? Like, you have a hit show. Like, why aren't you on the road? And he was going, yeah. You know, I go, there's a lot of fucking money on the road for a guy that has a hit show. <laughs> you know? And that's, yeah. I think, when you started doing the road. 100%. I also told it to, uh, what's his face? Uh, the guy, who's the guy that uh, works with uh, 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 Whitney Kahn a lot? Um, Chris D'Elia? Yeah. So, you know, I would see D'Elia, like, in the coffee bean all the time. And, you know, he crushes on stage. And I go, don't you go on the road? He goes, no, I'm writing material. This. I go, the road, you have a hit show. Like, what's wrong with people? Yeah, I always thought I as long as it. I was still doing stand the, well, the goal for a lot of guys was always to get a TV show. Well, Ari Which, Shafir, I scream at on the <laughs> phone. Like when he started doing his show now on Comedy Central, I'm on the phone with him. This is like the first season. Uh, at the beginning, so I call him, I congratulate him. I go, so do you know your next two or three moves? You know, if the show like starts taking off. He goes, no, I haven't really thought about it. I go, why not? You're waiting 15 years for this. You talk to me about not having money to pay your fucking rent. Now you have a show. I don't know. Maybe, maybe a club tour. Maybe record an album. Maybe do a Comedy Central special after that. You know, something like that. So if they happen to take the show and flush it in the toilet after the first season, you have a career because now people know you. <laughs> what? They're like fucking retarded. <laughs> They're retarded. Well, Ari does a lot of stand-up. I mean, he's no, doing now he is. He, he called me recently, and he told me all the shit he's doing. It was 100% because of you I started doing the road. You know? 100%. Yeah. I remember where we were. We were standing because in that it was back such area. A, it was, you know, I don't even want to go back that far because you've done and come so far since then. But it was like, whenever I see a comic doing well, I'll always look to like, oh, look, this is what you got to do. Like, you're nuts if you don't do it. Well, it meant a lot to me because when I was a kid, way before I got into comedy... I was a fan of yours, and I was listening to you with this girl that I was dating once. We were in the, in the car, and we were listening to it on a cassette, and uh, <laughs> we were fucking howling. We were howling, and this girl thought you were the funniest thing ever, and that was what made her cool. Like, she wasn't uptight, because a lot of people, back then, you know, the people that don't realize, like, sort of the course your career's gone, like, Dice was 
unquestionably a different thing. Like, you were the biggest comic ever when I was a kid, 100%. Like, when you were filling up arenas, there was a different thing going on where people could repeat your shit. They could say, it, what's it, in the bowl, bitch? And you would see 15,000 people going, what's in the bowl, bitch? It's so fucking crazy. It was I, a different I, thing. So You know what frustrates me when, when I talk about the arenas with anybody? You know, like, you know, they always bring up the garden, which was an honor, you know, to play. It's the most famous arena ever. And I did the two nights there. But I, but I always tell these interviews, I go, do you understand I did over 300 sold? I go, the first tour alone was 26 cities. Over 300 of these. And they'd be gone in, in a matter of a couple hours before the Facebook, before Twitter, before fucking followers. I go, all people did was follow me into the fucking arenas. I go, I wasn't tweeting and arguing with fans on Twitter, you know. Well, it all became a thing. You became a thing from Ronnie Dangerfield. Yeah, Ronnie it, Dangerfield it went put that him on the quick. It was so fast. It was gigantic. Like, and this is all word of mouth. But my point being, then you hit, you, there was a lot of backlash against you. It was so insane. It's starting again. It's nuts. Really? Like, um, yeah, I'm doing some interviews and like... This one guy, I don't want to say what newspaper yet, because it's all giant papers. They're doing these profiles on me now. I'm going to New York next week. I got to sit down with the New York Times. It's like crazy shit again. This is like the buildup since I started doing your show from Entourage to, you know, to the Woody Allen thing and now Scorsese and now my own show. It's like, you know, number one, working with, you know, guys like Woody and Scorsese was unreal. And... Yeah, those are two crazy but, but directors. The, but this one guy <clears throat> doing a, a profile piece comes and he sees me in Vegas at the Laugh Factory where I've been doing like a little residency to stay like sort of low key till this hits now. And I'll, I'll, I'll announce dates later on the show where I'm performing. But anyway, so I and, and I really wanted to give this guy a real show. And the way I perform now is, is very, very theatrical. It's all acted out. You know, I sit in a chair, I'll stare at a guy that tells... If a guy goes, I'm married 32 years, I'll actually fall down onto a chair and just look at him like, you're, you're kidding me, right? With, I've been married also a lot, but not to the same one. Like, I break it up. You throw a redhead in, you throw a brunette in for eight years. The same thing, I go, you know, we might be coming friends now, but I got to tell you, as your friend, in a lot of ways, you hate yourself. And I don't hate myself. I go, you don't hate yourself. You're fucking the same girl for 32 years. What does that tell you? You admitted to me you never had an affair. Who does that in life? Who doesn't want to go out there and stick every fucking wet box they could get their hands on on the tip of your fucking dick to the roots of your balls just for the goof? And even if you get caught, you flip the switch on your chick. You go, I did this for you. You were busy with the kids. You were busy with your new business. I wanted to stay wet. Every load she took, I was thinking of you. Now go make me a fucking steak. I don't want to talk about this no more. So you the reporter sees loving. this? What's that? The reporter sees this? Yeah. And gets so, upset? So after the show, he says to me, but obviously my show's a goof. It's comedy. Right. It's a... It's and he goes, obvious. he goes, Dice, now that you're being looked at it like as this like great actor now... Why would you perform? And I'm like, you're kidding me, right? I go, it's what I do. It's what I love to do. I love to affect people. 
I like people to walk out of a room going, I never seen anything like that. <laughs> you know? Like, you know, when you're looking at a guy in the crowd who's sitting with his wife and he's with his best friend, okay, a double date. And I go, let me tell you, so you got a best friend? And he goes, yeah, this guy, I'm friends with him for 25 years. He's your best friend? Did your best friend ever call you one time? Because you got a hot-looking wife. She's got them big kettleball fucking tits hanging down. Every holiday he gets to hug her, a little too close maybe. When was the last time your best friend ever called you and said, last night I jerked off thinking about your wife? And the guy goes, no. I go, never, right? Because he's really not your friend. I would call you. I would tell you, last night I wheelbarrow fucked this animal. She's walking on her hands, picking up water with her teeth for me. You know, I go, and then you bang her the way I tell you, and if it works out like my scenario, I give you the next scenario. That's a friend. Not a guy hugging your wife, never turns around and says, oh, I love your wife's fucking ass, the way those pants split her fucking crease between her legs. You might think your wife is ugly because your friend never takes the time to tell you how many loads he drops just thinking about her. So don't tell me he's your best friend. He's your worst fucking enemy in the world. I'm the friend. It all makes sense. And you get negative feedback from this? That doesn't even make any sense. Well, because <laughs> <laughs> no, because it's all done as a goof. Of course. Like the guy's going, well, why would you do that material? I go, well, what should I go on stage and go, you've been together with a woman 32 years. Obviously, you love your family. You raise beautiful children. Nobody wants to hear that. But, here, but here's a question. Why does, why does it have to make sense? Why can't it just be funny? That's well, my whole thing. That's what thing. I like. I like that. You know, I've always said that, like, when people ask me, like, what's your favorite kind of comedy? Like, I, I just want to laugh. Like, when Joey is saying the most ridiculous shit, I laugh harder than anything <laughs> I've ever heard in my life. It doesn't have to make Wait sense to me. He's in a coma. But it's no, like, I'm fine. Oh, he's <laughs> fine. But it's like That's movies. How come, how come movies can be ridiculous? Ridiculous in, in what they're showing you. Ridiculous. Exactly. Right? Especially violent. I mean, think about how many violent movies there are. Every fucking couple months or some crazy movie where a hundred people get shot... It's constant, right? But a guy on stage just talking but in, even in the ridiculous, comedies, absurd ways about sex, why is that pissing people off? But it, even in comedies, and it really started around on. the time they came, they came with, uh, what's that? I said with those glasses with on, the glasses too. On. Exactly. It's beautiful. You know, but, but the thing is, like, it started with uh, that, uh, that Mary movie that Matt Dillon did years ago Something where she's got Mary. a load dripping uh -huh. off her yeah. head. Come on. And everybody's hysterically laughing. That's yeah. okay. But if you say it as a comic, it's like, why would you say that? Especially the way because you're saying it. Because it's what I do. It. But the way you're saying it, it's so, it's so over the top it's crazy. It's absurd. It's so absurd. I don't understand why people don't just think it's ridiculous. Look, the last time I went to see a comic, it was me and Norton and Anthony Cumia and oh, Bobby right. Kelly and uh, Brian Redband. You weren't there, were you, Jamie? And we went to uh, see you at the Riv. It was awesome. I had a fucking blast. I had a great time just sitting there as an audience member watching. And this, some of the shit you're talking about is so preposterous. <laughs> it's, 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 it almost makes me angry that anybody would have an argument with you, uh, like saying there's something wrong with what you're saying. Because yeah, most, you're saying shit that's so, like you were talking about someone, how you, your kid could catch gay by the way you bang your wife. <laughs> <laughs> but also... But also now I'm getting, I'm getting questioned whose dice, 
Who's Andrew? So, so you know what the line is? We share the same foot because I wear the fingerless gloves oh, all the time. Right. So I go, we share the same fucking closet. What am I going to tell you? I don't mm. know how to separate the two for you. Like, man, they go crazy from that. Yeah. Well, they don't want it. They don't want to allow that for some reason. Like, there's all sorts of weird art forms that they allow people to act differently. Acting, you become a character, and then you're who you are off stage. But yeah. in, in comedy, for some reason, they want to combine the two, always. And sometimes it is. You know, like some guys are yeah, like, exactly who they are. But like even now, I'm self-deprecating on stage. I talk about getting older, this and that, all that shit, you know. Right. Years ago, I never did any self-deprecating stuff. Right. You know what I mean? It's just, it just wasn't who Dice is. Right. You know, Dice was supposed to be just a comedic hero for people. That's it. And Dice came out of your act where you used to do a bunch of different impressions, right? All the impressions. You have a fucking fantastic Stallone. I don't know what you're talking about. He's got like a great Travolta. Travolta. Tra Travolta's I off love the Jack chain. that he got to work with him. Yeah. That uh, Joey got, when I saw him in Grudge Match, yeah. I was like, that's fucking great. He worked with De Niro. Two of my heroes. And you also do a mean ass uh, Travolta. Who was, was one of the guys? Oh, Pacino and. Uh, and the, oh, the, the oh did you do Eric Rob? No, Eric Roberts. Eric Roberts. Back when the when Eric Roberts was famous. Charlie, they took my fucking thumb, Charlie. Sometimes you gotta whack them. You Pope. say you put your coat on and you don't say good night to nobody. <laughs> what a great and Pope that's just, Village. What a great and line. that's just to humble them. That was a great fucking movie. That was a great movie. Do me a favor, don't cook. The contents of my balls, <laughs> Mickey. Is on. Oh, your I can't face. believe you remember that. Listen, I'm driving by the comedy store one afternoon, just <laughs> looking, just looking for a free lunch. See, maybe somebody Tell left him. a sandwich out at the comedy store. And I'm rehearsing in the original room to tape. Oh, and I pull in there, and the parking lot's kind of back. I'm like, why are all these people here at one in the afternoon? This has to be 99. And I walk in, and I hear piano. And I look in there, and there's like 20 old people, and Jeff is on stage playing, and Dice is on, and he's doing this fucking thing. Because I forgot it. The contents of my balls <laughs> is on your face. Yeah, we take like famous standards. <laughs> oh, my God. I'm in the back the of one of the contents of, of my balls <laughs> is on <laughs> your face. Uh, uh, did <laughs> Can't take my cock out of you. <laughs> Your box is too good to be true. Yeah, Frankie Valley really liked that one. <clears throat> Even know, asked me, like, why would you do that to, to my most famous... He did? I go, it's hysterical. I love you. <laughs> you know, I could have been swearing to God, but I wanted, like, a, a ballad. Don't you think that the blowback is less ridiculous now, though? Oh, no, 100%. You remember I mean, when, like, they went I'm, after like, you? embarrassed by the shit they're saying about me with the acting. See, when you sit there and go, you know, when, 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 I, when you came to know me, I was filling out all those arenas and all that shit. Like, I, I take a lot of pride in that because I know I set a standard for comics that today when I see, you know, like Louis C.K. call me before he went on at the Forum, you know, it's nervous. You can't blame the guy. It's 18,000 people. Right. And I'm going, Louie, you don't have to do anything other than who they've come to love. Don't exaggerate it. You don't have to. Just be you. You know, because it's so many people. You know, but what I love is that, that some of the guys have filled those places now. And I go, 
It's because I, I took the heat for it, you know, and I don't mind that history now. I didn't mind it back then, but I didn't realize the effect it would have on the future of comics. Well, it was very important, and it was overlooked by a lot of people who were, you know, to talk about free speech all the time. Like, what, what happened with you was really overlooked because there was, it wasn't that what you were doing was anything more crazy than anything that was in the movies, or anything that was in literature, anything that was in books or magazines, even, you know, articles. It was, what you were doing was just a really extreme version of stand-up comedy. I mean, that's Bigger all it was. Bigger than life. That's Bigger than what life, it's supposed to really be. Really fun to watch. And some people decided that your character promoted, you know, in the, the most ridiculous ways, promoted misogyny or... Hatred. Get, hatred against gays. And, and it wasn't. And that's the funny... It was just funny fucking jokes. Right, but how come... And, and it was at a time... You know, because I remember when Ellen came out of the closet. I loved that girl. You know what I mean? I had nothing against gay people, but at the time I was doing this act is when they were fighting for their rights, when they wanted to come out of the closet. You know, but How when I when, when I moved to Hollywood, and here, here now, now you know, like, uh, you know, with uh, what's his face, uh, Caitlyn Jenner. Yeah. Okay. Now years ago, when I would do a joke about that, you know, I would go. And what's with these trans testicles? I go, you meet the girl of your dreams, right? You whine her, you dine her, you take her home, you put your hand up a skirt, you hold in a tree trunk. That's not hate. It's funny. Right. You know? And now today, everything's changed. So, like, when that happened with Caitlyn, there she is doing a two-hour interview about it. Right. You know, it's all, it's all accepted. It's all good. I don't care what anybody does. <laughs> you know? But... It's just like like I couldn't believe that backlash because I'm going, I say nothing about hating anybody. Even with the sexist remark, when they call him a sexist, I go, it's not sexist. I go, I happen to love women and I love having sex with women and I love making fun of how people make such a big deal over sex. I go, that's all it's about. So I like to paint these bigger than life cartoon pictures of people having sex, that they laugh at themselves because we put so much on it, you know, just so much on the act of banging your chick. Yeah. You know, and and, and it's the one moment in life with everything in the world that goes on. Uh, you know, I'm sure you guys, just, I just lose myself in that. When, when my balls are bashing into who I love for hours <laughs> on end, that my own wife has to say, I'm only a girl, you know? <laughs> but it, it, it just takes, I'm kidding about that, but, but the point is, it's like the one moment in your life, you know, when you're blowing it out from the bottom of your nut bag, from all the pressure you might have gone through that day, you forget the world for those moments. The greatest feeling ever. If I could laugh hysterically and be coming at the same time, I could die at that moment and I'll be happy. The two greatest things ever, to laugh as hard as you can from like something the best buddy would tell you that you can't control. The kind of laugh where you go, you got to stop, I can't breathe, and you're blowing your load. I, I could take death at that time. All good. That's a good way to go. Yeah, but how do you get the laugh going? Because we, you it's know, hard. tricks don't make it's hard you to laugh, laugh that and hard. come at the same time. You have to, <laughs> you have to play a prank on her, and then you'd have to fight off guilt to you, really you enjoy. You play it. a prank on your chick; she <laughs> looks at you. The same prank I do to you that you might laugh hysterical. 
She'll go, well, why did you say that? I go, all right, let's go to the mall. Ari and I were talking about that yesterday, about a comics and say and do the meanest fucking shit to each other, and it's hilarious. We were talking about guys knocking, Ari knocked a pill bottle out of some dude's hand, <laughs> sent all his mints flying, but there was some, I guess, Valiums, is that what it was? or yeah, it was, Altoids 10, and there was like a Vicodin or something in it. Something like that. <laughs> but that's like, that's typical comic shit, right? Joey, you've been with the same girl for a long time now. How's that feel? Have you seen little Joey yet? I can't complain. No, not his daughter's. Not his daughter's adorable. I can't complain. It's. We started talking a few months ago. I wanted him to play this bouncer in a in Still Rebels first video, you know. But he was he was out of town, so we couldn't use him. Obviously. Are you uh, Are you having more fun now than you've had before? Thousand, you seem... thousand percent. It's lighter. Yeah, you seem like you, know. you seem real relaxed. Like even when everything was going great for you. In it the was past, stress. You were more, you were real stressed, but you seem like because yeah, I had the whole. I was under a microscope. That's right. what it was. And you were one of the only guys. Yeah, that like, that was it. There was Kinnison, and Kinnison died, and then yeah. you, you were still alive, and you were the guy that people would get mad at. And I remember when Kurt Loder was mad at you. Remember that shit? The fucking that MTV I don't remember. guy. What, what was that? Was it, wasn't he mad at you? Kurt Loder. Everybody MTV. was mad. Did you do get banned from MTV for telling some jokes about feminine hygiene products? No, no, no. I what happened. <laughs> If you want the, the little MTV story that they keep throwing at me also, what happened was I was booked. Arsenio was the host, and I was booked to bring out Cher, which I, which I, which I looked at like that's because I'm a Cher fan. Uh, she, she was coming to my show. She came to the Wilt in the amphitheater, the L.A. Forum. You know? So when they asked me to bring her out, it was like, that's great. You know, I'm get MTV Awards. So now, a couple minutes before I go out, uh, Dick Clark calls me over backstage, and he goes, look, um, you might have to stretch a little because Cher's getting dressed. And I'm like, what do you mean she's getting dressed? She wears nothing. She wears a thong and some nylons. That's the outfit, you know. And he goes, well, if, if you got to stretch, Arsenio will come over, and you'll do something. I go, no, 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 no. That's not how it works with me. I go, I've been watching this whole show. I saw Richard Lewis come on and just freaking eat it. You know, Paul Reiser tried to come out and talk about, it's to an MTV audience. You know, 6,000 people at the amphitheater. Paul Reiser's talking about the hats that Frank Sinatra wears. Crickets. You know, and my friend, uh, <laughs> my friend Hot Tub Johnny says to me, he goes, look. You could go out there, you could be a teardrop, or you could be a tidal wave. He goes, look what this guy's telling you. You're going to stretch? So now, because he took me on the side, and as he takes me on the side after Dick Clark talks to me, they start introducing me. So I'm angry. So I come out, and I just go into my act. I do, uh, uh, the poem was, uh, wait, the, the famous poem, I think... Georgie Porgy pudding and pie jerked off in his girlfriend's eye. When her eye was dry and shut, Georgie fucked that one-eyed slut. <laughs> oh! You know, so that was like the poem I did. You know, and then I was talking uh, about... Did, did like, he kill? Uh, yeah, kill. That yeah, was kill. crushing. Yeah, kill. Yeah, kill. You know, my manager at the time, Sandy Gallen, after, after, after I came off stage, they have all these tents with press, and they took me from... Each tent, 
and not one question was asked to me. But I got press for two years after that. I mean, every day. And the arena shows, if I was doing one arena show, let's say in Milwaukee, there were three now. <laughs> you know, so it's doing, you know, 60,000 people for the weekend rather than 20. It was, it was, I did over 12 million people in a, in a four-year span in arenas. And right then when it got that bad, thing. yeah, when it got bad, I was doing 10,000 people a night. So, you know, this is after they crushed Ford Fairlane, you know, and I'd be walking around New Orleans with my father and he'd go, you're supposed to be done and you're doing 20,000 people at the Sundome tonight. What is wrong with Hollywood? You know, it was just insanity for many years. Well, they had just decided that they were going to blackball you. That was it. You, push that was you on it. the outs. And I remember watching it going, this is kind of fucking creepy. It's kind of creepy that they all just decide that this isn't a valid art form. That the kind of shit that makes me howl laughing. Like, if you really meant what you said, you really were a bad guy, it wouldn't be that funny. It's well, funny because yeah, it's a because character. Yeah, because I know I'm a good guy. And it's, and it's ridiculous. That's why I had this little argument with this interviewer, because after he saw me in Vegas, the guy I was telling you a few weeks ago, first he interviewed me in L.A. So he got to meet Max, he got to meet Dylan, and I know you guys know them and the kind of guys they are. They're, the, they're great kids. I they're actually kids. say they're the two... Nicest nice. guys I've ever hung with in my life. They're so well adjusted. I'm not talking about the rock band. When they're on stage, they are who they are. They're rock stars on stage. That's who they are. But when they're on stage, they're the most respectful, funny, nicest guys I've ever hung with. Not even as sons, just as guys, because they're both men now, 21 and 25. And to hang with them is like a privilege to me because they're just great guys. They could hang. They could talk to me about any fucking thing. Can you imagine Dice so, being your dad. <laughs> no, but 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 that's the beauty of them. They know they could come to me with anything. Of course. Like yeah. that, there was a. They just recorded their first full album. Okay, so there's one song called "I Gotta Have," and I call that the sex song because it's all sexual. All the words are sexual, and Dylan writes all the songs. So the night before he's going to record it. He comes over to me in the backyard, was smoking a, a, a blunt, you know, and he says, Dad, did you ever really hear the words, do I got to have? Because we're going to record it tomorrow. I go, well, in the clubs, it's hard to pick it all up because of the sound systems, you know. So he does the words, and it's all sex. And I go, it's perfect. <laughs> it couldn't be better. I go, and what's beautiful about it, it's not filthy. It's just sexual. And that's a great thing coming from a 21-year-old because what should you be talking about? Right. You know what I mean? It's all you know about. So, but I'm saying this guy got to meet my sons, hang with my sons, hang with Valerie, hang with uh, Eleanor. You know, so he got to talk to me just one-on-one -on -one as a human being. And then after he sees me on stage in Vegas, it's like, why would you do that? Now, who's Dice? Who's Andrew? I go, I've been, I've been, I'm sorry I ever took that name on. You know, because it's like, it's the same guy. I am from Brooklyn. I do have an attitude. I do smoke cigarettes. You know, but I don't walk around my house, you know, grabbing my dick going, take that. You know, it's a joke. It's all a fucking joke. It's a I don't want to get mad. It's too early in the day. It's okay. get, don't get real mad. You know, but it's it's but but you know the TV show now Dice it's it is a hybrid. You get to see different sides of of, of who I am. So, are they, but are they trying to say now now that you're doing these big movies and you're doing TV shows like you're on uh, that vinyl show too, right? You get yes. all these legit acting gigs. 
and these legit acting gigs, they're saying, why would you go back to what you do best and what everybody loves you from? Because I never stopped doing but how, it. But think about how crazy that is. Yeah, People I mean, love and, you and, for and this one Robin thing. Think of Robin Williams. Didn't Robin Williams continue a stand-up career? Didn't yeah. Richard Pryor continue a stand-up well, career? Ro Robin Williams he, took a long time off, yeah. didn't No, he? but even Eddie Murphy yeah. did the stand-up to, to whatever happened to him. Right. But he, even when he started doing the big movies, he was still doing concert films <laughs> as mm -hmm. a stand-up. What's well, wrong with until, doing, doing your first love? Well, not only that. What's wrong with doing it when, you know, that's what people want to see? It's, it's just bizarre that people I love would, doing it. They would decide that this, the movie thing is more legit. You know? It's like what everybody's really going for. Well, you know, I, I, I love acting. I've always loved acting. That's why I even got on stage as a comic. Because I didn't want to go to acting school once a week. I wanted everyday training. So I put together the act that you brought up earlier with Jerry Lewis and to Travolta. And I took that all the way up to doing Don Kirshner's rock concert. And after that, I was thinking, well, you know, at that time, a lot of directors would come into the comedy store. As a matter of fact, uh, the first movie I didn't get, but I got close to, was the movie Diner, you know, that Barry Levinson directed. And he saw me at that, but now I was on stage being dicey. So this guy flies me to New York. He, he, he puts me in a school to, to learn the Boston accent with a teacher, and, and I was killing with the part. And I obviously I didn't get it in the end, but that's why I'd be on at the comedy store, because I just wanted to hone acting chops. And then I finally did get, you know, Michael Mann when he did Crime Story, which was thrilling to me. You know, to be in a show with guys, Kevin Spacey, David Caruso. Um, and you were fucking great. Crime story that was, was what, the what, greatest what's it, show. What's in your mouth, Joey? Uh, Piece yeah, of gum. Why? You threw another one in there. No, I threw another one in before I got on the 101. You got to loosen up the stress. You got to pop another star. The, the <laughs> actors that were on that show, you know, that was Dennis Farina. That was yeah. Tony Dennison. But, you know, when you're working with guys like Kevin Spacey, who was already starting to get known, and, you know, just everybody, with Michael Madsen, you know, just Ted Levine. You know, that well, the Buffalo Bill, you know, he's done mm. a million movies, but the most famous is, you know, uh, with Clarice, Lance. whatever the fuck. Yeah, but let me tell you something. With you told me that story about how you got Crime Story, and that's everything I do in an audition now. How you uh, fucked where, around where I, when the camera was rolling. Yeah. They called you while you were at Rascals and told you you got it. You already no, no, sold I got out. it. What happened is I got it five months later. What happened, I went to read for Bonnie Timmerman, you know, and I figured Michael Mann would be there. You know, like, you know, watching, but he's not there, and she's just filming you. So I get mad at Michael. So I start talking into the camera, because I was reading for the gangsters. Right. Yeah, you know, and I'm like, oh, so you're a tough guy. You don't have to show up for a fucking audition? What's your problem? I'm not big enough for you to sit in an office and watch? Okay, so after three days of not hearing anything, you figure, all right, I didn't get this part. Five months later, I was visiting in New York, and my mother's waking me up going... Your agent called three times already from William Morris. You got to call back, you know. So I call her up, and I'm having coffee with my mother, but what I'm hearing in the phone, I, like, can't believe. She goes, you got booked on the show Crime Story, five seasons, you know, and this is what the pay is. I think the pay started me at, like, 2500 an episode, guaranteed seven out of 13, ABC, you know, and I'm going, and, and I'm looking at my mother, she, 
everything all right? You know, is everything okay? And I hang up. I go, I just got a, a TV series. I got to go to Chicago Sunday night. NBC. Oh, is that? All right. After Miami I'm motherfucking sorry. Vice. Are you yeah. kidding me? Who does that, that shit? That was nuts. So, so it was paying off the acting. You know, and then I did the movie Casual Sex near the end of that. And then the Rodney special ad. And that was it. I still remember Joe Rogan being in a motherfucking halfway house. And I had furloughs. Okay? <laughs> and they said to me, the new rule is you can't go out on New Year's Eve, even if you have furloughs. So they had conference rooms at the halfway house. Right. And I said, let me ask you guys a question. What can I do in the conference room New Year's Eve? And they said, nothing. I go, what if I fucking rent it? And they go, you can rent it. What do you want to offer us? I go, 100 bucks. I want the air conditioner on all fucking night. Because <laughs> they always turn the air conditioner off. I fucking put the air on. I brought, I, there was a TV in there, and I rented a VCR, and I told all the invics, I go, what are you guys going to do, sit in your fucking rooms, or you go watch this comedian, Andrew Dice? Nobody knew who he was. Crazy. Nobody knew who he was. And I threw the fucking the VHS in, and I, that's what I did for New Year's Eve, and at that moment, I knew I got to do this. Yeah, when that's he what said, you told me when, when you came he to said, L.A. when I first met you. Would you like to buy a flower for the lady? And he goes, yeah, so I could plant it in your ass. <laughs> I was crying, not from funny. I was crying because I had those thoughts. This was the voice <laughs> that was living in my head when I walked around and I saw somebody. And people were like, oh, look at that lady's dress. And I'm like, she's a fucking dirty fucking cunt. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? But it, that's the voice I had in my head. <laughs> so when I watched Dice... <laughs> You say this is just a beautiful uh, poetic thing. This was She's a dirty cop. Oh, no, See, God. this you is have, the voice. This you is have my no passion. fucking idea. The voices. <laughs> I was living in Boulder amongst <clears throat> Gentiles with slippers that thought the world was beautiful, and I'm in the back of my head. I had this inner voice that would always look at people and judge and go. Look at this fucking Jamoke with his fucking Birkenstocks. I bet his, wife, his wife's a vegan. The, the pH is off in a pussy. When they're vegans, the pH is, the pussy smells like a carrot. You say it smells like fucking grass. Because they're vegans, the pH is off. So I would sit there and Science. say, I would say all these dirty things in my mind. So the first time I saw you at that halfway house, I knew I got to do this, try it. Because this guy, he's doing me. This guy's doing the guy that's living in my head. This was who he was. It's uh, <laughs> good to know. That thing about it's fucking. good to know about all the inmates around the country. <laughs> <laughs> well, if there's more inmates like Joey, we just got to figure out how to get him out, calm him well, down. I remember when I met Joey and he goes, you know, the back steps like, oh, he goes, I'm here because of you. That's why I'm doing this. Wow. And that, that, that's a compliment to me. You know, it's like, wow. Well. You know, all bullshit aside, you were at the front of the line for free speech for comedians. You know, I mean, they can people can decide whatever. No, it's offensive, or no, it's this, no, it's that. At the end of the day, it's a kind of art, and you might not like it. But I'm not asking you to go listen to gangster rap either. You listen to whatever the fuck you want to listen to. I'm not saying you should go see a, a mob movie and watch a hundred people get shot up. But if you want to do that. You should be allowed to do that, and somebody should be allowed to make that you movie. Know what, you know what? Yeah, 100%. People like it. And people I love like the it. people. I've been getting a um, lot of cool people coming to see me lately in, in Vegas. I mean, it's like people I look up to that I like their music. Like People uh, have come way around. Uh, like this past weekend, Pitbull came with his whole, <laughs> you know, his whole show. He brought 20 people to uh, the show. Oh, that's awesome. And this guy's sitting there telling me, Dice... 
He goes, I was watching you before you made it. Because I did like certain tapes that were out there, like uh, with Red Fox. And he goes, I was watching you. He knew when, in 87. And Rodney wasn't until 88. He goes, I saw you like before that. You know, so when they told me last night that taking me to see you, and this is what they call Mr. Worldwide. He's unreal, yeah. this guy. You know, and like it blows my mind, like the, the kind of people that he was seven years old watching me. You know, that's like crazy shit. Um, uh, Bruno Mars a few weeks ago. I mean, th that's like an, and these are people I look up to that I love their work. You know, how and, many and, uh, seats is that place, the Laugh Factor in Vegas? Oh, it's small. It's 340. Oh, that's And nice. now, that's perfect. you know, I'll come back there in April. And then in May, they're, they're putting me in the big showroom. But I, I, I told Harry Basil, I said, you know, I'll, I'll go in the big showroom for that night. I don't care. But <coughs> I'd rather work three nights for the same money in the small room than, than get more money in the big room. Yeah. I go, because I love being on top of the people. I'm not out. I mean, there are certain big things that, that are now coming my way. There is talk about going into the garden in September again because I sort of owe that to myself and the fans, you know, because things have, have built to this crescendo again. So it's like, why not? And plus, my sons could be there and, and, and see it all come down. And that's thrilling for me because I feel the reason they're doing really well now is because I teach them by example how to go after something. And about eight years ago, when I had to start gambling again, just to pay my mortgage, you know, I, I would tell my sons... You had to start gambling to pay your mortgage? Yeah, because I just wasn't making enough money in the gigs. You know, so I quit gambling for 10 years. What and, kind of gambling? Uh, blackjack. Are you just really good at it? Well, I had 30 grand. Long story short, I turned it into a million one fifty in a couple days. Okay? And I only play alone. That's how I play blackjack. And, you know, I was nice enough to give a lot of it back, you know, over time. And But that's what gambling is. But through these last few years of, of building up again, you know, trust me, Woody Allen didn't go, I want, I want you in my movie, here's a couple million dollars. It doesn't work like that. You know, but it was an honor to do a movie for him. So right. I still had to do the gambling. And I ended the gambling with getting all the money for them to record their album. Because, you know, it's still not ridiculous figures. I'm paying back taxes. I'm taking care of things that take a few years to take care of. But I also knew rock and roll was coming, you know, with vinyl and roadies and Guns N' Roses back together and now Jethro Tull. And all these great rock bands are coming back. So I wanted my boys prepared so I gambled till I got every dime I needed for them to record. Like I would call Dylan from Vegas and go, book another week in the studio. It's handled, you know, and then I stopped, you know, just done. You how know, because now, now I am doing well again. I'm doing concert tours. It's happening now. How long did you gamble for? Um, well, uh, this last run was about eight years. That is hilarious. So you, but you did it profitable. Yeah, I would lose. Like any gambler, see my and they show gambling in Dice the show, you know, because right. it's a hybrid of my life. But but that you use that as a strategy to figure out how to make money. That's hilarious. Well, you, you know what? You know when my back's against the wall. Look at him over there. You know when again. my back is against the wall. You know the bottom line is I'm always going to take care of my family. That's the way it is, and I do what I have to do. 
you know, to handle those things. You know, so, I mean, you know, Bruce over here would say, don't gamble, this and that. You know, but, you know, we, you know, I've helped him out. I help everybody out that needed the help when we needed it. And now we're doing good, so I just stop. That's just a crazy thing to, to plan on, to, like, to try to make money by gambling. Like, well, you know, the bottom like- line is when you sit down to gamble, number one, I only play alone. Right. With a with a dealer. And you only play blackjack. And only blackjack. So it's just you and the dealer. That's but it. But whatever you put up in front of you, the only way to win is you got to be willing to lose every penny in front of you with no fear to beat them. And a lot of the times I won, and a lot of the times I'd walk out of there not winning. But it, it's nothing I recommend. You know, just like a performer, I had a certain feel for it. You know, I mean, I could walk into a casino, you know. I mean, years ago, I'd play, you know, half a million at a clip. You know, that was years ago when I was doing, like, the arena shows. And that was just like a half million dollars a night? I could win or lose a half a million in a half hour. Oh, my God. You know, there was a day I lost a half a million by noon, and by five in the afternoon, I won it all back plus another 55,000. Oh, my God. It was plays like that. But now it was more about win 10 grand which to me is pretty simple to do, you know, because I'm so used to playing gigantic figures from years ago. So right. if I lose, if I sit down at a table with five grand and I'm down 2,500, I'm not going to sweat that. Right. Because I know I could get that back in 30 seconds. You know, most <laughs> of the time I would, you know. So I, you win 10 grand, you call your kids, you go book the studio. Let's get it done. Joe, would you just throw my, another one down? No, no, no. I got to go. I wish you a lot of luck. I'll be there cheering for you on the 10th for showtime. You know I love you. You're the reason I'm here. Thank you for being here. Mazel tov. And I'll see you Monday for lunch. (laughs) All right. 12 o'clock. Jamie, I love you. You want to sit? Thank you to the Joe Rogan. Where are you at this week? I'm in Brea. Uh, I'm in Boston. I'm doing the Wilbur Friday and Saturday night. I love you. I I don't want to make this short. But I got to do no, no, that's these no interviews. Listen, I could sit with you. for We've done three we could, hours. We could do it again anytime. I anytime. will come here anytime. You're the best. You're the best. You're, You're the, the best. best. And Joey, an thank you, you again. For me, it's an honor. For real. Dog, dice the TV show. Give me a pound. You're the best. A pounding. All right, You're folks. The best. See you soon. That was great. Another great. It's always great with him. Yeah, that was fun. Oh.